and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we'll be talking about de-deluxifying your games and TGTCon 2, which is this weekend. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Over the last decade or so, there has been a trend towards deluxe games. Bigger, bulkier, so many minis, and in general, hard to store and get to the table. We may have gone too far. So today we'll look at what kind of games really don't need to be so elaborate. And what you can do to make them more playable. Oh, and TGTCon 2 is this Friday and Saturday. Which is going to be a blast. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sarah Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games from Grace Illinois. And a huge thank you to all our other patrons as well. Someone who listens at, like, high speeds. That was just a big blur. <laughs> that, that was it's my intent. It's, it's all the, it's all the um, effects for uh, drug company. All, all the contraindications. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Side effects may include wonderful patrons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dry mouth, dizziness, and death. Yes. Uh, let's see live you can listen to us live Mondays at 830 typically sorry everybody we weren't live last week I blame Fletcher Um, actually we're going to pause right here no 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 Uh, if you want to join our discord go to the discord if you want to join our BGA group go to BGA all the links are in the show notes and we'll talk about that more in just a second but first Fletcher (sighs) last weekend yes how was your weekend weekend. yeah how was your last weekend my last weekend most more specifically your Monday night my monday night uh i mean it was it was good uh i was on a plane (laughs) and uh that's why i forgot to i didn't upload (laughs) is this what you're talking about (laughs) yes so fletcher texts us like hey we i can't record on monday but i can record sunday and we're like okay we can do that and so we record and i don't think anything of it because i never edit the podcast until the last second anyway and then i'm pretty sure well you're sitting in the airport. You text me and say, "Hey, did I, I upload my the audio?" Plane. Uh-huh. I was on the plane. Yeah, heading home, and I was like, <laughs> "You know what? I don't think I uploaded my audio." Let me text Chris. <laughs> did I upload my audio yesterday? And you're like, mm, "No." And I'm like, "Well, so I'm not getting home until one o'clock in the morning." No, he um, said two o'clock in the morning. And two o'clock in the morning. Yep. Yeah, I'm not getting home until two o'clock in the morning. Um. Is that going to be a problem? <laughs> and then I get a text. And, and so I'm like, no, I, I mean, I'm normally up that late and I don't necessarily post it before that anyway. Um, but I was exhausted. So I actually fell asleep at 1.30 and then I just put my phone on do not disturb because I'm like, okay, I'll just do this in the morning. And the text came in at 2.45. My audio is uploaded. I'm like, in the morning, I'm like, great. But I woke up. <laughs> I edited it. I got it out. It all worked. It worked out all right. But yeah, so that's where we were last weekend. Uh, but we're now we're back and recording on as normal, except for I got forgot to change the page back to the actual link until about 15 seconds before 8.30. So there was that too. I, I logged in and like, there was nobody here. I'm like, oh, uh-oh. So then I'm like, <laughs> Steve texted me just as I was like opening the page to change. He's like, hey, the, the link's not on the, the page. I'm like, uh, I fixed that now. We're all good. So yeah, um, join us live. It's always fun. Had you joined us live tonight, you would have learned all about the 3D <laughs> printed sock machine I am making for Kitty. And yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to join for that <laughs> compelling mean, conversation? It's it's wild, to be fair. It's just just go on YouTube and search circular sock knitting machine and you won't be disappointed. Um or maybe you will be. It's I sort of depends. <laughs> it sort of depends on your expectations, I think. You might be disappointed. Fair. You might be. Uh but at the same time you could be fascinated. I, I don't know. Uh, it's very cool. So yes. To me. So <laughs> I've started printing this. Um, I figure my rough estimate is it's going to take about a week of printing time and we'll see how close we are to that. So maybe in two or three weeks, I will, I haven't decided if I'm just going to UPS it to you or drive it to you. We'll have to see. But, um, at some point, um, I believe you have our to spouses made plans to hang out all of us together again. Yeah. I don't know. They, they were planning and we were discussing 3d printing. So yeah. So, yeah, so we actually hung out. Kitty's family and my family hung out and went to Chuck E. Cheese's on this past Saturday. I <laughs> actually made the drive out this time. 
It was it was startling. Um, <laughs> I don't think player. I normally f- don't leave my haunted home. Yeah, but. I, don't, I don't think player four has ever seen my house before. So maybe once. Uh, we were there for one of your children's birthday parties, and yeah. she was present. That that's probably true. Uh, but yeah, no, the kids got like had a blast, and but like that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so so now we are theoretically have plans to get together and do stuff and it's just so much easier to say that than actually do it. I just trust Sydney and Spencer to make things happen because you and me are not, we're not the the social maker happener. No. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're both very content. tired. Yeah, staying in our own, like, dedicated rooms and we're fine. Um, It's pretty funny that we were hanging out at Chuck E. Cheese and Chris looked over me at one point and he was like, wow, you really are pregnant. I was like, wow, did you think I was making it up? (laughs) I mean, you just pull out a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! It's just a pillow. But I mean, it if could, only I could have been like, "Hmm, wow, Kitty, uh, looking a little bit uh, chubby there." But eh, you know, whatever you do, you <laughs> haven't been missing any meals, have you? <laughs> it is. I don't know. I think I looked very much like Rihanna at the Super Bowl show level of pregnant. Um, I, I will have you know, as not I not nearly as cool as Rihanna. <laughs> as I was watching the Super Bowl halftime show. Which I, it, it was, I did not get it. But the entire time I'm like, she looks <laughs> pregnant. She really looks pregnant. And I was almost going to text you and be like, does Rihanna look pregnant? Um, and then the next day they said, which is, I guess, today, um, that Rihanna's Oh, I pregnant. started Googling immediately, is Rihanna pregnant? Because it wasn't like, just like, oh, she's got a little bit of a tum going. It's like... She's very skinny, except for her stomach. And also, she kept, like, rubbing her belly. I was like, nobody <laughs> does that if you're not feeling secure about your weight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Yeah, you you're either pregnant that. or a Buddha. <laughs> right? That's yeah. it. Those are the two times. So, I will say, if you are a Kansas City fan, congratulations. And if you're a Philadelphia fan, Boo. you are robbed. Um, I know. Yeah. The Eagles should have won. Yeah. I have a very... I don't know. I'm very attached to the Eagles this year. They were the stars of my fantasy team, and I'm very disappointed in the outcome of the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs are the new Patriots. Changed my mind. I well, <laughs> the thing is, like, it would have been fine if not for that one call at the end of the game. Like, if if the Chiefs oh had gosh, scored terrible. and you know Philadelphia couldn't bring the ball back, that's fine. But that one call, which was just obviously not correct. Um, but you can't challenge a holding call, so yeah. I don't. I didn't say the chief. Christopher says the Chiefs did not cheat. I don't think the Chiefs cheated. I think the refs made a bad, bad, bad call. The Patriots only cheated that one time. I mean, the Patriots. The Chiefs haven't cheated yet. <laughs> they haven't been caught yet. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I did so not watch football. I I I told Sydney I'm like I am watching the Super Bowl. I'm watching every minute of the Super Bowl. I went out. I got a six-pack. I got some chips. And I sat down. And I watched every moment, commercials and everything. And I loved every moment of it until that stupid call. And I'm like, this invalidates my entire last three hours of my life. <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's how that goes. But it was still a good game. Like, it was a really, really good game up until the last two minutes. Speaking of good games, how's that segue? TGTCon 2. <laughs> this weekend. Wait, I didn't talk about my weekend. Oh, right. How was your weekend? Why were you on an airplane? <laughs> well, that was, that was last weekend. Oh. Okay, this weekend. I mean, yeah. I still want to know why you were on an airplane, but that's fine. I can live um, without knowing. <laughs> so I can talk about that briefly. So I have, um, it was my mom's birthday and she was going to be in California and it also just so happened that um, I think I mentioned on the show before, but I, I wear I'm wearing Invisalign braces, um, mm-hmm. and my orthodontist is also in California. It's a fr- like a friend of the family, and it lined up that I could go see my orthodontist in person and be there for my mother's birthday in California for literally like the day. Like flew out, <laughs> flew out on like five five o'clock a.m. and then flew back. And landed at like, I don't know, 1.30 a.m. Got home at 2.45. Got home at 2.45, <laughs> yeah. So that was last weekend. This weekend, um, 
This is not great, po- great podcasting, but I have a visual aid. <laughs> Ooh. So Fletcher has just I leaned down and has disappeared from the camera. And, oh my goodness! And apparently it's shrunk, a puppy. shrunk his it's puppy. It's a puppy. <laughs> it's not a drunk puppy. Shrunk <laughs> puppy. He said a shrunk dog. <laughs> oh, shrunk. Did you shrink your dog? I did not shrink my dog. This is my new dog. I still have Marty. I was going to say, did you get rid of the old dog? Because, you know, he's too <laughs> no. too old now. Got to get a younger, prettier dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have. He does look drunk, though. He's like super floppy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like eight weeks boy. old. We just got him. I know. We just got him on Friday. And uh, yeah, he's he, going to be. Marty needs a friend, apparently, yeah. according to Carmen. So um, my dog needs a dog. <laughs> And this is this is a white uh, gold, gold golden retriever. retriever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's adorable. I'll give you that. What's his name? Doc. His name is Doc. So yeah, Doc we have and Marty Doc and Marty. Yeah, of course. Now, now you just need the Delorean doghouse, and you'll be all set. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> I can three D print you one right after I'm done with Kitty's sock making machine. It'll probably Oops. be less intense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like I like Doc. I will. I actually yep. should bring the kids over because they love little puppies. So we're not getting he one. Is yeah, <laughs> but yeah. You just need a friend with one. Nope, nope. Because that's the, what happens. You get one, and then you need another one. And I'm just like, no. And then before you know, I didn't know I was going to sign up for this. Carmen was like, Carmen talked me into the first dog. Right, because I'd never had a dog growing up, and she's like, "I want a dog," and I'm like, "Okay, fine. I guess we're getting a dog." Of course, now I I love her, and she's like, "Now I want another one." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like, I already trained this one dog. I don't want to train another dog. Please let it be done." And she's like, "We're gonna get this other dog." I'm like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> so now we have this dog, and she's like, she wanted a third one, and she's like, "I can't do another one. We can't have the dogs outnumber us." And I'm like, "If we get another dog, we have to move to a farm or we become crazy people." So we can't have a third dog. Two dogs in a city apartment is probably fine, especially that size because they're not small dogs. Yes. So, well, congratulations on your new dog. And thank you. When Sydney listens to this, no, we're not having another kid. Fletcher can have (laughs) another dog. Kitty can have twins. We have two kids, two cats that we can't wait until they're not with us anymore. Um, and yes, move on. I'm done with pets. We could have a goldfish that we recycle every week. That would be fine. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Just taking care of kids and, and pets at the same time is, uh, is fun. Let's talk about TGT yeah, Con for just a minute. Because just we're going to have a, yeah, just a moment. Um, it's not too late to still sign up. There's lots of games that are scheduled. Um, probably Friday morning i'm going to start removing games without players so you have until basically thursday night to start signing up for games before they the slots get removed there will be channels in the discord for getting extra players for games that you may be signed up for but don't have players um and you know impromptu starting games there most of the games are on bga uh some of the games are not they're in different places um i want to plug glenn cotter's game he actually designed a game and there's one on tabletop simulator and i just saw a posting for it um i want to say it's tri racers sorry if i'm getting that wrong but i think that's what it is and it looks really really cool but it is on tabletop simulator yes if i wanted to play it and i'm like i would love to except it's on tabletop simulator and i have moral objections to tabletop simulator um that's not true i just hate the interface i don't care about the morals of it and there's no morals because it is his game so he can demo it but i'm i i saw some videos on it and it really looks like a fun game so hopefully that will go in a great way and if you want to play something that's not yet published but could be soon that would be a place to go because i think it looks it's it's published worthy um and if that's not enticing enough we're giving away monies so if you play two games between Friday, 6 p.m. What else are we giving away? Monies. Jesus. So many monies. 
Um, if you play two games between Friday night and Saturday night, so Friday 6 p.m. to Saturday midnight, uh, you will be entered in a $100 gift drawing for a gift card of your choice, uh, as long as it can be electronic and I can email it to you. Um, if you host a game, then you're entered in a special $100 host uh, drawing. And if you had signed up for a game before the 31st and play it, um, then you will be entered in an early bird drawing, but that's sort of past tense at this point. But there's still $200 that you could potentially win just for playing games with cool people. So come and play. Uh, the tricky parts of it are there really aren't any. Go to tabletop events. Uh, there's a link in the show note. Go to tabletop events, search for TTTCon2, or click on the link. Um, the entry, the Admission is $2, so hopefully that's not too much. I see 88 cents of it, so that's, you know, you're you're really funding uh, the show if you do that. And all the games are free. If you want to start, if you want to host a game, just go ahead and, you know, host one. All the interfaces, the interface is all there. Uh, some people have asked, like, you know, how can you start a game? Do you have to be premium? Um, all these things are like BGA questions that we can get answered on the Discord. But the long and short of it is this. If you want to host a game, but you don't have the uh, premium to start it because you're going to host a premium game, you just let someone know. Uh, me, Kitty, there's a few other volunteers that will take and listen to anyone who needs a game started. And we will start a single tournament table. Uh, that you can then join and anyone else can join at the same time. Otherwise, if you're hosting a game and you can start the game, just go ahead and start it and that'll be how the link gets made up. Last time we started, we made tournaments for every single game. And that was a long and tedious process that Kitty and I went through over a few days. So we're trying not to do that this time. We're going to let you guys start your own games. Um Christopher asked, will I be posting how to set up your game? Yes. So what I'm going to do is I will post more details in the... I'll probably create a new channel for um, like hosting. It'll be an open channel, but just specifically for hosting questions and instructions on how to start a tournament if you want to do that. And or just, you know, if you want to just start a game, you just start the game. Um but yeah, jo come join us. It's going to be a 30-hour event. It'll be overnight. I don't know how many people are going to be playing games at 3 o'clock in the morning. I know that my last game should end around 2, 2.30. And then my next one will start at like 10 the next morning. And I will be online and playing games the entire time for the most part. You don't have to. Come and play a couple games here and there. Jump in and out. Um, just have fun. That is all I'm going to say about TGTCon, I think, except for it's this Friday. Anything else? I think that's it. All right. People Come play games. People join my Parks and King Domino game. Oh, yeah. Nobody's, nobody's in them. Come join my games. Yep. Search for Kitty. Join her game so she doesn't feel like nobody likes her. And Fletcher, maybe <laughs> join a game or two? I will join some games. Sorry, I was a little busy this weekend. Whatever. Now you have a you puppy. You should come play this Beyond the Sun game that is just me and Chris for now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds super fun. People I don't know join. how to play. Chris is bullying me. <laughs> I think you're going to like this game. Um, oh, that's a good point, though. So for games that are hosted, if it's hosted by me, if it says host, Chris Steele, and I am not in the game, assume that nobody is hosting it at the moment. But uh, if you want to claim host of that, let me know, and I can change your name to that. But if there is no host or the host is me and I'm not in the game, assume that you should like watch a, a quick how to play. The nice thing about BGA is you don't have to get the rules right in order to make sure the game's played correctly, but it would be helpful if you had an idea of how the game plays. Cause not every game is going to have a teacher at it. Um, I think that's the major thing I wanted to talk about. I think that's good. All right. Let's talk about our main subject. Fletcher, have you ever kickstarted a game and said, <laughs> What am I going to do with all of these miniatures that they're going to send me? Um, in fact, yes, Chris. Um, <laughs> I have kickstarted a game. And I was wondering, uh, with Marvel United, what the hell am I going to do with all these damn miniatures they're going to send me? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So I was... Now, Marvel United, I have my own system on that. And I'll, I'll briefly touch on that. But... What sort of prompted this conversation is I've been de-deluxifying several games lately because I want to play the game, 
but I don't want to actually manage all the pieces and components in the game. And the breaking point was when I finally caved, and this was, I think this was since the last episode, um, and I picked up Massive Darkness 2. And for those who've been following the show for years, you know that I backed Massive Darkness 1 and played it once and said, this game is trash. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So when Massive Darkness 2 came out, I said, no, this game is trash. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And it doesn't deserve a second chance. (laughs) Well, apparently it's good. So that made me upset. And now I've bought the retail version of the game and a few extra bits and bobs from, you know, the retail pieces. And it still has one major issue in it that I found carried over from the first game. And that is, it's a dungeon crawl. Right. So when you go into a room, you're going to draw a random monster card, and this is going to be the monster that's in that room. And the way that the monsters work is you have one monster that's a leader, and then you have a number of minions equal to the number of players in the game. So you'll find the leader, and then if it's a three-player game, you find three minions, and now you have four miniatures on the board. Those minions are nothing but hit points. They they The group moves together. They attack together. Everything about everything is they're basically just one entity, and it is... Very annoying to have just the base game alone. I think there's like 10 different groups of these monsters. So when you draw the card, you have to go through the box to find the right leader miniature. And then you have to find their minion miniatures. And then you have to put those all on the board. And that's just because you flipped over a card. And it's there's just so much overhead in doing that. And then, of course, it's, you know, Simon. So you can have like 55 other monsters that you can mix into the deck. So now, if you have all of the content for Massive Darkness 2, which I do not, but if you did, I did for Massive Darkness 1, it means you're flipping over one of, I don't know, 50 mobs, and then you have to go and track down those miniatures to put them on the board, just so then the miniatures that are most likely gray plastic, because who's painted all of them, just so they can match the silhouette that's on your card. Whew. Did I express that well? I think so. I think I get it. <laughs> I think you got a point. Got your cross. Got across your point. My you, goodness. You got your cross point. I'm just point. gonna go. I'm. I'm gonna go to bed. You guys finish this podcast. We'll just, we'll just finish. I mean, it took us almost 40 minutes to start recording, so it makes sense. Um, I spent all of my energy on sock machines today. So. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. So what I'm doing as I look at this game that I have not even played yet, but I'm looking at the maintenance of this because I'm like, I don't need all these miniatures. I don't need any of these miniatures. I'm literally replacing all of the monsters in the game with meeples and colored cubes. So I'm going to put a red meeple on the board when there's a monster there and some red colored cubes to represent the minions. And this is going to drastically speed up the play of the game. And now I can take like the conversion kit from Massive Darkness 1 to 2 and I don't need any of those miniatures either because I can just pop those down. And... I'm probably going to use meeples or little little pawns for the player pieces as well, because there's like 75 heroes that you could grab. And the only difference is the shape of the plastic that goes with them. I sound, I'm really anti-mini right now, um, but that's not, no, this, that's basically the point. I'm really anti-mini right now when you don't need it. And, oh, which is ironic because I just backed like another I... 200 Marvel United miniatures. <laughs> no. I just wish we could go back like, five years in time and you could talk to that Chris because I remember having a conversation with you on this podcast where I was like I don't see the point in all these minis they could just be meeples they could be standees they they could be really like they could be chunky cardboard yeah yeah and you fought with me you were like no I they add value so I think people can change over time and I think all of this going back <laughs> and holding people to what they said before, I just don't think that's fair. Can I become a new and enlightened person? <sighs> yeah, I just like to point it out on occasion. <laughs> don't get me you wrong. You can change. Don't get me wrong. I do like my miniatures. I just would like them to be a little bit more important. Now, Marvel United, there's an exception there. I just love the look of those miniatures. And I'm, I'm, I love cheapy stuff. And so I, I love those miniatures. Massive Darkness, it they are they're fantastic miniatures, but they're unnecessary for the game. But you could also argue that for Zombicide, another CMOD game, which has tons of miniatures. And as the miniatures come in the box, it's virtually unplayable. And I, I don't understand why people don't complain about this more, but in Zombicide, 
you have five different kinds of miniatures. And depending on what they are, and, and there's different molds for each, like multiple molds for each type. So you have your normal walkers, and then you have your runners, then you have your abominations, then you have like there's several other different types. And when you're looking at the board, the types matter, but you just look down and it's a bunch of gray plastic. And I'm like, okay, well, which one is, is that a walker or a runner or what is this again? And it is like so cumbersome to try to understand like what's going on there. So what I've done is I've painted all of the different types, like different colors. So I can say there's greens and, and yellows and oranges, and I can you know quickly see what they are. And that's how, I mean, I guess I've, it's kind of a lateral, you know, a semi paint job for that. I've seen people have painted their, all of their zombicide, like with detail. And I'm like, I'm not sure that helps, but at least you're not seeing great plastic. Um, but again, zombicide could be done with cubes. Like there's nothing special about that. Colored cubes would be just fine. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is just a ranting episode, isn't it? You guys are just sitting back <laughs> being like, what's the next one? Well, I mean, I, I never really bought into big box, lots of, I don't have games. this problem. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will. Apparently. apparently. Um, the, the only game I can think of where I have kind of like lots of bits of plastic, it's so much fun, um, is Windward. And I think that the pieces in that game, number one, they're all different colors, so don't have the lots of gray plastic issue. And number two, um, they, they're not so many different kinds of pieces that it becomes just like unmanageable like you have your ships you have some cresters and that's it you have a few different kinds of ships i think there's three different kinds of ships two different kinds of cresters that's all your minis and they float around on their little clear plastic rods showing that they are two different heights in this atmosphere and that's fun yeah i think that's a perfect example of when the bling adds to the game right it's just enough where like they're colored so you can see quickly understand when the miniatures help you understand what's going on. I think that's fantastic Mm -hmm. when they don't or worse, when they confuse things further, that's where I'm like, okay, this is not working out. Mm -hmm. Mansions of madness is another one that does this where this is the, the mansions of madness Two app driven. You're running around and occasionally monsters pop out. And then if you have all the expansions, you're digging into you know, five different boxes to try to find the monster that matches what just came up. And the thing with that game that is just baffling to me is every monster has a square base. And in that square base, you slide in a little monster information um, piece of cardboard. It's, you know, it's, it's basically a square token. And it has the monster's picture on it. It has its stats. It has everything you need to know about that monster. And then you're sliding it underneath this giant gray piece of plastic when if you just put that token on the board, it's far more thematic because now you have a colored version of it and you have all the important stats right there that you can see without picking up the miniature. I literally, when I get a new Mansions of Madness expansion, I take all of the miniatures and I throw them into a separate box never to be seen again. I only use the cardboard <laughs> pieces from that because it just makes it so much easier to play because now I can see everything and then. It, it just works. Um, John mentioned that a good compromise is minis for heroes and standees or markers for monsters. And I gr- agree. I do like personalized players. And so miniatures for that is good. Um, but let's talk about standees for a moment. Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven has standees. And you have miniatures for the heroes. And I think the miniatures for the heroes in Gloomhaven are just fine. I think the standees right. are a pain in the board game areas because <laughs> pain in the board game they are because you it's part of that setup the setup for gloomhaven is so tedious long and tedious yeah, yeah. and i mean it's a fantastic game like play it on steam it's amazing um except yeah. for it's not super <laughs> optimized so have a good computer but uh, but digging through and finding the right standees and then some of them are elites and some of them aren't. So it's just a different colored base as to which one's which. And yes, it's like once they're on the board, it's cool. But just use meeples. Throw some colored meeples down that match the the cards. And you're going to have the exact same effect gameplay-wise 
And it's going to be, it's going to cut like 10 minutes off of every game because you're not going to be like searching for these standees that there's hundreds of them in this box. This is just a ranting episode. I apologize. It's okay. Yeah. Every yeah. episode's a rant, ranting episode. <laughs> every episode's a ranting episode. <laughs> At least every other. Christy mentions it with Dead of Winter. Same problem, right? Where you're you're digging through and trying to find the right standee for like you have the information. You have the card. It tells you right here what everything is. But now you have to write like find the standee that matches. Um <sighs> Christopher's like, yes, but then you wouldn't have million dollar Kickstarter campaigns. And I agree. So this is where the hypocriticalness feeds into this. I like buying miniatures. I don't like using them or storing them or looking at them. (laughs) It's a problem. Um, Because sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't. Like I want, I, I, I mentioned Cthulhu Death May Die I put on my list here too. I want 50 different characters that I can play with. I don't necessarily need 50 unique miniatures to go with those characters. Even though I've painted them all and I will continue to paint everything for Death May Die because it is one of my favorite games ever. But it's still too much. There's too much there. (sighs) The next category for me is NFT minis. Um, No, probably not. Probably not. Although I definitely wouldn't mind if some of these games had like an STL option. STL are the files you use to 3D print miniatures. I think that if the games were designed to be played without miniatures, but you had an option to get miniatures, I would be happy. I think most people would still buy the miniatures, including myself, but they could be played without the miniatures, (laughs) and that would be good. I don't know. Quick poll. How many people are going to buy the Gloomhaven miniatures when that campaign launches? Like, you guys have a guess? Me? Yeah. I'm going to give you I some. Have no I, idea. I Probably wouldn't. most everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I'm wouldn't gonna, either, but. All right. So I'm going to tell you, and we're going to just, this is like become a prediction episode right now. So what I'm going to do is we're, I'm going to um, be. Ooh, I see a lot of no's from the chat. I think, uh, well, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if there's more people that are going to be no than yeses on the Gloomhaven miniatures, because I can't imagine having a miniature for all of the different characters because i mean what are you going to do with that <laughs> but right. i also uh rachel mentioned she's been playing on steam so exactly why you know if you can play digitally why have why yep so there are fifty five thousand ratings on board game geek for gloomhaven so just that's that is obviously just a, a sub a small small subset of people who actually own the game um so fifty five thousand ratings on Board Game Geek. And then Kickstarter. And we're going to use Frosthaven as an example here. How many people backed Frosthaven? Everyone. um, Everyone. (laughs) Holy cow. This is 83,000 people backed Frosthaven, which is insane, by the way. Like, just insane. The $13 million Kickstarter, two years on fulfillment, whatever. Um, We have it now. So... 83,000 backers of Frosthaven, 55,000 reviews of Gloomhaven on BoardGameGeek. When, and I don't even know when it is, but sometime in the future, um, relatively near future, they're going to do a campaign for miniatures for all of the monsters for Gloomhaven, Frosthaven, Jaws of the Lion. And I'm curious, what do you think the number of backers will be? A lot. It's so hard because, like, it's going to be a lot of people. But I don't know. Like, there's so many people out there, too, who, like, have played these games already like if you've played it through are you going to get the miniatures and play it again i'm guessing it's going to be 50 50 split so of, of the people who own this game 50 percent of them will go in for the miniatures all right so that's about forty thousand. we'll say we'll look at just number of backers so we'll say about forty thousand backers yeah okay i think that's a reasonable guess and i think that if there is no gameplay content that comes with the miniatures, and I'm not 100% sure whether there will be or not, I can't imagine it getting higher than that, but I would I would mm-hmm. say it's probably 20,000, which will still be a hugely successful Kickstarter because the miniatures, I think, are selling more than the game. But um, if they have any gameplay content with it, though, then I think you see that jump up to 40, 50, 60,000 because that's what gets me. 
is I don't need just added miniatures. But if there's like four unique characters that you can only get by backing this campaign, okay. And I know that I am easily manipulated, but so are most of the people who back on Kickstarter. So we're going to use me as a representative sample. Don't do it. Gloomhaven is already (laughs) too big. Don't back the miniatures. I beg you. I beg you not to back the miniatures. Um, just are don't. you are you gonna back the miniatures? No, oh god, no! I will never play Gloomhaven in person ever. I I, I played through an entire ever well, again, ever again. I played through an entire campaign of Gloomhaven, almost short, like five or six scenarios, and I did all the setup, and it was a weekly thing. We did two scenarios every week, like it was, it was a lot involved. And now that I'm playing on Steam, I'm like never gonna do that again. I have Frosthaven. I opened it. I looked at it. I said, cool, put it away. And when it's on Steam, I'll think about playing it. But there's just no way that I'm going to spend so much time setting things up, especially when Frosthaven could have gone Jaws of the Lion, where it's like, you know, open to the book and the map's right there. It's like you still have to set up all the pieces. You still have to set up all the components. And they're different enough where it's it's not like you still have to relearn a lot of things, too, from Gloomhaven to Frosthaven. Uh, but wait a minute. Christopher just says... There's a follow-up campaign for Gloomhaven, Frost, and Jocelyn, the big box, the big box edition of Gloomhaven. Oh, yeah, that would be hilarious. Gloomhaven already weighs 20-some pounds. Frosthaven weighs, like, 30. And so now you have the big box version that can hold all the miniatures. Um, yeah, it just takes up, you know, your bedroom. The size of a mini car. It's illegal in Europe because there's just not enough space. Um. All right, let's talk about like what. So, what I do for the miniatures thing, and I do this for Marvel United actually when I play it. I have a set of meeples um, that I've got from the Game Crafter. Game Crafter is a great place to pick up just miscellaneous pieces. Um, so, I have a set of meeples that I use when I want to sit down and play multiple scenarios in a row, and I don't want to go and grab the miniatures for them. And so, I'll just put the miniatures on the table and play the game. It plays just the same with meeples as it does with miniatures. I've tested it both ways, and it plays the same. Um, And so when I'm playing by myself, that's what I do. If I'm playing almost any game by myself, I will play with meeples over miniatures if there's any kind of like significant setup. If I'm playing with somebody and I want to show off the game, that's when I pull out the the miniature. Because then you want to impress. And I think like conventions and stuff, you're you're not going to like sit down and be like, let's play Massive Darkness. And oh, look, I replaced everything with cubes. That's usually not going to happen. Unless it makes it way easier to bring to a convention. Because, like, how how much more does it weigh when you've got all the stuff? I'll give you that. And who, who brings Massive Darkness to a convention, really? You're probably not bringing it That's to a convention. That's not a publisher. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and then you have the miniatures, like, you know, all your wargaming things that require miniatures. They don't require miniatures. You could use quarters, but obviously there is a certain table presence to some of these games that are required to let you get into the game. Um, Christopher says, bring it to Gen Con so you can give it away. That's entirely possible. Um, we should say as a side note, we're not, well, I will be at Gen Con this year. Um, Kitty won't because apparently she's going to have new Baron twins. And it's like, oh, that's not good Gen Con travel luggage. So I'm yeah, no. Luggage. Yeah. Fletcher yeah. has not it's yet decided. It's frowned upon putting them in the trunk of your car. It is. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, it's pretty safe back there. Cars. They let me do it in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to sit in the way back? I have literally, in the 80s, I literally rode in the trunk of a car. The, the trunk was open at yeah, the time, it, but it was, I was sitting it back was the there. the way back. Yeah. No the way back of the stationary. And you had to sit the opposite way. And yep. I remember at some point they threw some seatbelts in there, but they were lap belts only. Yeah. John says, it's only a problem with other people to find out. And that's mostly true. <laughs> that's usually how things work out. Yep. It's like, the only uh, problem is you get caught. It's the only problem if you get caught. Um, let's talk about component sizes for a second. Foundations of Rome. This is a 13 by 13 by I 13. I knew we were going to talk about Foundations of Rome. It's huge. <laughs> it's so big. And the game is the game is incredibly lightweight. Um, not that there's not a lot of strategy there. There is. But the rules are a basic, straightforward, simple game. 
that takes up 13 by 13 by 13 inches of space. It looks really cool once it's done, but when you first start out, it's just this grid of, you know, it looks like Battleship practically. A's on one side, numbers on the other. Um, letters? A's? I think letters and numbers. Um, <laughs> and I'm not the only one who's tired. Uh, hey, I'm just saying... <laughs> This game is so big. It's the number one reason why I don't play it more often is because it is a chore to get this thing to the table. And don't get me wrong, the, the trays in the box really do make it much easier to play um, because you just pop out your tray and you have everything right there. But this game could be, I mean, I don't even want to say a quarter of the size. It could be a fraction, like a tenth of the size. It'd be the exact same game. There's almost no components there. You replace the buildings with your polyomino cardboard chits and you're done. And it doesn't change the gameplay at all. But would you have bought it? Yes. And I would have probably... sure? I would have probably... Well, I wouldn't have bought it on the Kickstarter. <laughs> um, because the only reason that that... I think the only reason the Kickstarter did as well as it did is because of the size of it. Um, because typically those types of lightweight games don't do all that great on Kickstarter. But after the fact, I probably would have bought it once it started getting all the reviews it was getting. Because it is a good game. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just crazy expensive because of the component quality. And so I think that that can hurt it in a way where you're just not going to see it being played that often. Because where are you bringing this? Like, it's giant. And I'm not going to... Like, if I was coming to your place, I don't know that I would load this into the trunk to play. Because I don't think you have a table big enough to, f- to fit it. <laughs> no, no, I've got a pretty big <laughs> Do you have table. a trunk big enough to hold it? I mean, yes, I just have to leave a kid at I home because Chris's they can't ride in the is... trunk. <laughs> <laughs> My dining room table is usually clear. It's a big one. Yeah. We can put a leaf in. <laughs> we have to put a leaf in, and then we have to have a secondary table to hold the box that once we've unpacked it all. Because <laughs> that just takes up so much space. So I have not deluxified Foundations of Rome just yet, though. Um, I think if I were to do that, I would have, I would just basically make some polyomino pieces and have that replace the buildings and then make a smaller board on top of that. Because then it's just a card game. And that's that's really all you need is a card game and some cubes to place on your pieces. Um, but the game is good. It's not... It's not a go-to where I want to play it all the time, where it's worth the effort to miniaturize it. Unlike something like Car Wars, which I actually got into 3D printing specifically so I could miniaturize Car Wars. Because at the scale it's at, (laughs) you have to have a giant table to play this game. And you can cut that scale in half and play it on a card table easily. If, if you wanted to do that. Um, so that's why like I 3D printed everything at a quarter scale and it plays just fine. Everything works the same. It's just smaller. And now they've, well, their recent Kickstarter, they've now, um, they're, they essentially sold the STLs for all of the cars. So you can actually print the actual miniatures smaller as well. And the big problem with Car Wars is the cars themselves are pointless. They don't add anything to gameplay. And that is, like, it's just frustrating because I'm like, all right, I have all these cars. None of them are necessary. None of them even match cards that, like, oh, this card goes with this car. It's like, no, you build your own car, and then you just pick one of the miniatures to go with it. You need four miniatures in that game, and you're done. But I have, like... Yeah, or you could just use four, you know... Templates, cardboard yeah. templates. Yep, and yep, because all you need is the turnkey, really. Like, and the and the base. You don't even That's need true. cars for it. Um, so it's <sighs> come on, publishers, make your miniatures matter, and not just. That's as what I liked points. about uh, Pirates of the Spanish Main. Like, it was miniatures that you're buying, <laughs> like the little. <laughs> I mean, it was the thing. Like, you assembled the thing, and it had different sizes and different mass and different like it. The miniature mattered. Yeah. Yeah. And so for those who don't know, this was a game that essentially it, you bought it in like um, almost like booster packs, it right? Like, it was like booster packs. Yeah. And then you'd open it up and there's just like this cardboard ship that you would assemble and looking at the ship, let you know what it could do. Like it mattered. Yeah. Like that's cool. 
and the size of it also mattered too because it determined like its turning radius and like how many mass it had it was like the hit points and stuff like that yeah i there's just there's so many games where i just like i wish this were smaller so that i could play it more often and with all these big boxes like I don't want to be, because I know Tom Vassell had mentioned this at one point, and when he said it, I'm like, oh yeah, I think the exact same thing. There was, there was, I'm talking about it in past tense at this point. I still own it, but um, it's a game called Anachrony, which is a Euro game with a theme that essentially the, the world gets destroyed in your future, and then after that, certain factions raise to power. And what's going on is you're trying to make your faction the one that's going to raise to power before the world gets destroyed by time traveling backwards, sort of. So there's like time travel involved and you're borrowing from yourself in the future so that you can be better. But then there's like paradoxes. that It is an amazing game. I love it. I love it so much that I got the big box and all the expansions and everything. And now I never play it anymore because I'm like, I'm too overwhelmed every time I look at it. Like I take this game out and it has all of these trays in it. And I'm just like... Uh, let's just play Gizmos. <laughs> and Rich, Rich just let me know that it's on BGA now. That This has changed my life. Um, wait, hold on. Is this BGA alpha or beta, or is it actually released? It's not actually released, right? If Anachrony is on BGA, this is another one that we're going to be playing this weekend. I'm going to fit it in somewhere into my schedule. But yeah, I love the game. Um, and I, in fact, BGA is a great example of deluxifying your games. Not that it doesn't, they don't look great on BGA, but there's been a number of games where I'm like, you know something? I don't think I will ever play this again in person because I can play it on BGA anytime I want. And I can get so many more games in doing that. So it's apparently it's an alpha. Um, for those who don't know, in order to play alpha games on BGA, you have to either be invited by someone who starts a game um, or you can see it if you've, if you've played 750 total games or more and 50 different games have a perfect reputation, then you get um, alpha access. It's a few less, I want to say like 500 games to get beta access. But um, yeah. And Kitty, you mentioned that, uh, I think you mentioned that Railroad Inc., Yellow and Red or Yellow and Green are now on alpha. Um, yeah. Who was starting? Sumnus? On B or on Discord was starting some um, lush green games. Yeah, is all Wh- I know. Which I'm really looking forward to um, as well. I lost. <laughs> I well, I didn't just not win. I lost. Well, <laughs> so Railroad Inc is another one where I'm like I have everything in person, and I really really love this game, but I don't think I will ever play it in person again because a I'm too used to the game scoring for me, so I don't have to worry about it. And B, I don't need to pull out the dice, the miniatures, the dry erase pads. Like, and it's a, it's a small game. Like, it's just a roll and write, so it's mm-hmm. not it's not even that cumbersome. Um, but yeah, apparently yellow and green have been in alpha for months. <laughs> Give you a quick update. So yeah, developing games for BGA is a volunteer basis, and you never know when a game is going to get finished because. People start doing it for free, and then life happens, and then eventually they stop working on it. Um, but I really, really would like Yellow and Green to be in out of beta. Um, all right. I do apologize for my ranting. I just had to. I had to rant. I feel better now, though. That's why people show up. <laughs> I'm glad. It's, you know, usually I have more to add to the rant, but um, this isn't my thing. You stay it's away from really this stuff. It's never really been my thing. Yeah, I do. It's not. I've never liked it. And, you know, that's fine. I like it. I'm trying to think of the game that I like that it's so many miniatures involved. Because, I mean, Cthulhu Death May Die is one of my favorite games, period. I still hate how many miniatures are involved in that game and that they don't fit on the board. Like, that's my number one complaint is they don't fit on the board. Um, Marvel United. I actually don't mind the miniatures in Marvel United. Because once you set the game up, you don't ever have to go searching for them in the middle of the game. So if I'm playing a villain and some heroes, I grab the villain and some heroes, and then I'm done. Those are what I'm playing with for the game. So I don't mind that. And I am painting them all, and I'm adding them. So as I paint them, they're going up on the wall. So I have, like, painted miniatures and unpainted miniatures. I'm 
taking a picture of each time I finish a batch of them. So you can kind of see as the paint infects the wall into, it's going to be really cool. Um, but yeah, I hate the miniatures in Zombicide, Mansions of Madness, Massive Darkness. I, I hate the standees in Gloomhaven. I hate the maps in Gloomhaven. Um, uh, I haven't even talked about cards. ISS Vanguard. There's just so many cards that you're constantly shuffling through. It's one of the reasons why I don't know if Seventh Citadel will ever actually deliver, but um, one of the downsides to that game is that you're constantly searching for cards, and they're in you know numbered orders. But you still have to search them while you're playing the game. It's like, now you need card 622. And so you have to find card 622. Um, it feels like it's the, the, it's just not very streamlined. But I don't think you can delu- de-deluxify that unless you played it on computer. And I'm not advocating that these games should be all computer games, even though I would play in a heartbeat 7th Continent or 7th Citadel, either one, on BGA. I'm all about that. That would be awesome. All right, I'm going to stop venting. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about playmats for a second. Um, (laughs) Because I am wondering why we need so many playmats. you have any idea how much neoprene I have in storage that I will never, ever access? Um, and, Are you excited and, yeah. for that for the play mat for the because you got you went all in right yeah the, I, I got that too yeah um, it comes with the play mat I actually do so like are you just gonna turn them into a wetsuit at some point I, and you can just have like a, a board game themed wetsuit I think really so cool. or I can just use them to carpet the playroom <laughs> so as the kids are running across it doesn't make as much thunk 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 noises in the basement um, I could do that. I mean, I have so many playmats. Build yourself a padded cell. Yeah. <laughs> and and what do you need playmats for, right? It's like, here's this board that you can roll up. And they're gorgeous. And I love, like, picking the cards up, but they feel great. But you don't need that many playmats. You can get one generic playmat, set the board up, and there you go. You're done. Um, so why do we keep buying playmats? See, I, I like playmats. <laughs> There's certain games that the the playmat makes the game play better. I agree. A lot of competitive card games. If I'm playing Keyforge, I want. I don't just want a playmat. I want my playmat that yes. I made myself. Um, so I don't know if that even counts as like part of it counts because I don't think I like the one that they made. Well, I like mine. Well, the problem with that, <laughs> like Keyforge, is a good example. Is most of the Keyforge playmats are just pictures. Right. So mm-hmm. you have it's art, like the same thing with Magic Gathering, right? They're just art and on a neoprene yeah. mat. But I mean, you only need one of those. Mm-hmm. But they're given away as prizes for all kinds of like events and stuff. And you just have so many. Which is why I have mats. one, even though I'm not good enough to have one, because you and Doug ended up with so many of them. You guys were like, please just take this. Yeah. Get I'm it. Like, okay. I, I can't take another one. <laughs> um, I do like for um, Century. I like the playmat for that because yes. it just it brings it all together. Like it it makes it look it it makes the upkeep of the game simpler. Yeah. Because it's just there. You yeah. just follow follow the flow of the mat and it's easier. And it's easier. That was exactly the one I was thinking of. A century. Yeah. And I and so and Christopher mentioned stitch edges, and if I'm gonna get a playmat or get anything neoprene, I do want stitch edges. Um too many bones. I I need to mention this because it is the most well, one of the most deluxified out of the box base games that you can get. It's poker chips and neoprene mats with stitching and plastic cards. The whole game's waterproof. Um, there's hundreds of custom dice. The game is waterproof? Yeah. The whole game. You Ex- can play it in the pool. You can play it in the pool. Um, except for the instruction book. Everything you can like soak it in water and it dries out and it's fine. Because it's dice and neoprene and plastic cards. And that game, I never have any intention of de-deluxifying it. It is perfect just as it is because everything matters and everything like the neoprene are, has cutouts where you put the dice. So it's not like the dice are sitting on top of it. They're like you plug them into the mat and just the fact that everything kind of just works together, it makes me happy. And so that that game is fine, that game. And the big box for that actually makes the game more playable. So you get this like giant, you know, again, 13 by 13, like an entire Calyx cube. And 
once you have it all set up in or like all put away in that box, you can set up a game in a few minutes as opposed to going through all of the different boxes that this stuff comes in by default. Um, and there's no miniatures. It's all poker chips. I would love if poker chips became like the new norm for, you know, miniatures on a board. It, they won't because Chip is the only one that does it. But I, I like it. You can have an entire like row of miniatures in a chip case and you're like, yep. This handles everything. It has printed information on them, so you like know what they are. It goes a little keyword heavy on that one because you can only fit so much on a chip. But um, yeah, so there's some games that don't need to be deluxified. Twilight Imperium Four, I put that on my list too. It is just too big, but again, that game is epic and it's fine. It it should be epic, even though it takes up my five foot by five foot dining room table. I can play a four-player game of Twilight Imperium. At five, we have to find another couple feet to fit it. So, yeah. Okay. I think now I'm done ranting. What do you guys feel about custom dice? Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) My kid sure liked playing with all of your custom dice that you've given up on the games for this weekend. Um, Yeah. So, here's a fun fact. I like the game um the Funcoverse games and there's like all the ips and like giant headed characters and stuff and the game is is fine um and every time you buy a Funcoverse, it comes with a full playset. every single box you buy a Funcoverse is a standalone playable version of the game which means it comes with all the dice necessary to play the game well if you have everything for it you don't need the extra literal 100 dice that you've gotten because you have all the different expansions and all of them have a full play set so you can play. So I took all the dice out except for like two play sets worth and I just gave them to the kids. And so that's their dice and they like make food out of them. And um, Chip Theory Games has often done like, you know, replacement chips and stuff. So all the replacement chips, all the ones that get replaced out, those all go to the kids. So they have just like all of these game components that they just... There's a pile on my living room floor right now because Zachary decided to wrap them up in a blanket and give them to mommy as a present. And as he's like carrying it out, it one corner spilled out. And then it's just like literal pile of game components in the middle of the living room. So, yes, you can de-deluxify and reuse these things. Uh, One of these days, I'm going to give them miniatures to play with. Not right now. I can't make my heart do that. I can just be mad that I have them. All right. Now I'm done venting. Fletcher, well, this I'm is looking at the show notes to see if you're Chris lying this time. <laughs> no, that was really the last bullet point. That's the last bullet point. He means it this time. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Fletcher, have you signed up for games yet? No, I have not signed up for games, but I will do that before Thursday. Before th- You should do it tonight so people can like find you and play games with you if they want to. No, I like... I like Jumping in at the last moment and uh, sneaking in. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. Sign up for games. And who knows? You might be playing a game with Fletcher at some point. It's it's only if I like you. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds better than it is. Trust me. We're still <laughs> not done with our uh, Great Western Trail game. Yeah, I know. I've been going slow. <laughs> I think you are now negative um, a lot of time. Yeah, I'm like they just keep getting the option to skip you. Yeah, and I'm like every time we, I, I'm like, oh no, I don't want to skip you, but I have to actively not do it because BGA really, yeah. really wants BGA me to skip really you. wants us to skip you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you did take your turn. Let's see. You have negative three days right now. Yeah, that's, that's a said, lot of negative three days. <laughs> Very negatives. Um, but TGTCon, all those games are set up as turn-based games, but they are meant to be played in real time. So once Fletcher's in a game, he will be with you in chat. Committed to it. Committed to it until it's done. And that's how these games will work. All right, let's get and to... And then maybe we'll finish that Great Western Trail game. Uh, we are so... Actually, I want to say we're so close, but we're I have not. no idea. Um, I, I have no idea anymore what's going on in this game yeah i take a turn every two days (laughs) maybe every once in a while there was one day where fletcher took like three turns in a day and i'm like whoa wait whiplash um (laughs) 
But yeah, this game should be over. I don't know. We have probably five turns each tops, and then that game will end. Um, but yeah, again, another plug for my uh, Great Western Trail seminar. Join us. The, I will teach you how to not be terrible at the game. I'm not going to teach you how to be great at it because I still want to win, but I will teach you how to not be terrible at it. <laughs> I can't I can't make people too good at it. All right. I think we have ranted enough. I mean, I have ranted enough. Let's get out of here so that we can get Fletcher signed up for some games. Tabletop Game Tech is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings Monday nights at 8.30 Central Time. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. It is also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of online games on Board Game Arena. The show notes have all the links you need, and you can also go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. Yeah, let me know in Discord, in the podcast discussion forum, how much I am right or wrong about de-deluxifying things. Uh, People will let you know. (laughs) Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Emil Jiljam, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Thayash, John Williams, Sir Sallied, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Leanne Verhul, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yossi, Token Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Ter- Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, jo- Jason Rodney, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Wichman, and Michael27. And thanks to anyone who's ever been a patron. Your support does mean the world to us, past, present, and future. You help me run conventions where I pay people to play games. Uh, until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So, Fletcher, are you going to paint your Marvel United minis when you get them? Heck no. (sighs) (laughs) I barely have room for miniatures. Do you think I have room to (laughs) buy stuff to paint them? (laughs) Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Do you want to paint them? No.